was that? Fucking Nazis. I don't care if it's Hitler's personal pleasure cruiser. This is the only ship that we've came across the last... Is your voice now. He's right, Captain. The Russians are done. We got to get off this raft. Simple as that, Captain. You know what I think is strange? Come on, Captain. Hey, what was just throwing overboard? Oh, enough! Always is fighting and shouting. No one comes to see. Hmm? Engine's running, but nobody's out. Bet this tub's still crawling with crowds. I heard flyboys talking about gremlins causing all kinds of trouble. You know, whatever happened on this ship it wasn't gremlins. Something far more real. They brought these caskets on board. One of these things got out. Bigelow! Get fucked. Shapeshifters, they move by night. Hunting. Been killing monsters for years. A few more won't hurt. That's the trailer for Blood Vessel. Hello and welcome to this micro episode of the Cinema Australia podcast. I say micro because the following is a quick 10 minute chat with Blood Vessel director Justin Dix. Blood Vessel is a claustrophobic vampire action horror set on an abandoned World War II warship. It's a hell of a lot of fun and Justin and his team really nail the look of these vampires which I think people will get a real kick out of. Justin has been at the forefront of the Australian horror and science fiction film industry for many years as the founder and owner of special effects company Wicked of Oz Studios. Justin's credits include Star Wars, Charlotte's Web, The Bank Job, The Babadook and one of my favourite films, Scare Campaign. Blood Vessel is available now to stream across all major digital platforms in Australia and I recommend checking it out. Anyway, enjoy. Justin Dix, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, great to have you with us. Uh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so it's been eight years since the release of your directorial debut, Crawl Space. Does it feel good to be back at the forefront of a feature film release like Blood Vessel? Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, I forgot what it felt like. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's, it, was, it was no, um, you know, it's no, not for lack of trying, but also I was just quite busy during that time. <laughs> time period (laughs) people don't realize how long it actually takes to get a film off the ground do they i mean if you've got something uh, successful like crawl space people think that there's a like a one or two year turnaround before your next film's out but it actually takes quite a while uh well actually no well look it's a funny story because basically i was i try to equate the time that was gone by into what i did and what i did was i was actually attached to like, like two of those years uh i was attached actually three of those years i was attached to three different projects and um, one of them, I went straight from Crawl Space to into a contract with Fox uh, in the United States for one of my projects called Declassified, which was a haunted submarine, uh, U-boat, funny enough. And um, yeah, we went into development for a year. They were looking for cast and all that sort of stuff and it just didn't happen. So, you know, it was there was a year right there. And then I did a, another year. I was with uh, Voltage doing another sci-fi project of mine called Ares. That was another year. They were putting offers out to cast another one. I spent a year in um, China doing a big budget 
dinosaur kung fu robot movie, which was into perpetual pre, and then we never got into filming. So oh, wow. there's three, right, three years right there, and then the other five. Well, there was about a year there. I was on a project of my own for almost a year. We were looking like we were going, 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 and then it just sort of all didn't go, which wow. is actually blood vessels. So there's four years right there, and then another three. I was just doing everyone else's movies. I was <laughs> specialized on other films, including the Cairns Brothers and um, just a lot of other different stuff. And Kung Fury, I was, did that last year. So yeah, the time gets sucked up so quick. So I'm really trying to make sure, as you were saying, capitalize off the moment of blood vessel right now. And, um, yeah, I kind of forgot what it felt like to actually get, I'm getting, I just got sent a script last night for consideration to direct, which I actually really loved. And, um, but I'm also working on my own projects. Yeah. Rapidly trying to get into the next thing. So here we are with blood vessel. Uh, tell us what it's about in your own words. Uh, well, blood vessel is about a, uh, group of survivors from a torpedoed, uh, hospital ship who come across a deserted German, frigate or a vessel a vessel uh that just uh something mysterious has happened and um on board and you know obviously people are going to see the trailer and no surprises but there were vampires on board uh that's the pun title <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of fun this movie i, I really really enjoyed it and uh, i know that it's a horror film and uh, you know the film is otherworldly and uh, it's just a hell of a lot of fun but you are dealing with world war Two here and uh, you're dealing with diggers and nazis and that sort of thing how sensitive do you have to be uh, as a filmmaker and as a writer when creating this world well we we've I mean, I wanted to didn't I didn't want to do a, a, a schlocky vampire movie. I wanted to do something you know that was a bit more um, you know if you, if, you, if you say Nazi vampires on a ship, you know it, it conjures up and with the title of Blood Vessel, it does conjure up a certain sort of a film. But we wanted to be as as realistic and respectful to the time period and to the people and everything as as possible, and just to keep, create a sense of realism because you know the more you believe it, the more you sort of invest in it. Mm. Um, it was like you know, my, my, I, I kept talking to Nathan Phillips about his character. And I kept telling him that he was – he's Kurt Russell from The Thing. You know, Kurt Russell's a, a wise-cracking kind of um, – you know, he's just a very serious kind of a character, but he's um, obviously the protagonist. And, and Nathan sort of you know, pulled it straight out of the hat. You know, he did a really great job. And I, I was asking everybody to – we did a quite a bit of research about just different people and backgrounds. And sure, you know, it seems quite convenient that we had a Russian on there as well. But, yeah, <laughs> but, he, but yeah, we just needed that – we wanted that juxtaposition of, of all different nationalities. I just felt it um, it makes for a much more colourful cast and you know and story. Uh, sometimes vampires can look a bit campy on screen, but you've absolutely nailed the look of these creatures. Uh, my wife and I are still talking about them a week after we watched the film. Uh, what were some of your inspirations when it came to the design and look of them? Well, just not Twilight or anything millennial. Or <laughs> uh, just don't like the way they've been sanitised and and uh, glamorized i just i just it's not my it's not from what i was brought up with you know i was brought up with obviously in the 80s with you know your your rock stars of the makeup world robbo teens rick bakers and all that sort of stuff so i figured if i'm gonna do a vampire movie i'm gonna do a vampire movie i wanted to make sure it was something that was um wasn't necessarily wasn't for anybody else other than me i just thought you know if i really love it it's gonna be cool but also i really love i'm not like enamored with like black and white movies and everything but i really love old nosferatu kind of you know dracula kind of legends and i was a big fan of bram stoker's dracula and what they did with um gary oldman in that so i just thought yeah if you're gonna have something let's 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 make something let's go for it and at the same time it was um 
I said, we have a special effects company. We can advise as a special effects company. And those sort of things generally are very expensive and take a lot of time. One thing we did have on our, t- you know, on our um, side is um, time. So, you know, mm. they say the three golden rules is money, time, quality. We had we had time, so we got quality. Mm. We didn't necessarily have the money. <laughs> um, you've got an excellent cast here, uh, but I, I want to make a special mention of the great Nathan Phillips, uh, who's terrific in everything he does, including uh, Wolf Creek and These Final Hours. Uh, which is a phenomenal film, uh, as well as acting in Blood Vessel. Nathan was also one of the producers on the film. Can you tell us about your relationship with Nathan and working with him here? Yeah, well, uh, Nate and I have known each other for quite a min- number of years. I, I, I can't remember when we met, but I, well, I can sort of pinpoint it more towards Dying Breed in Tasmania. Maybe, I think we might have met before that, I'm not sure. But but um, anyway, that's when we worked together and we got along really well. And, you know, he's always been a bit of a wild card, which I really like. And uh but he's also takes his work very seriously. He's very he's very good with his um, stagecraft, camera craft. You know, like as far as like even just lenses and this and that. He's just he's just very good and he's very professional on set. Uh, but he's also a lot of fun. And then we worked together again on Hunters. I was co-producing on that and doing the effects. So we we even on that we were saying we got to do something together. We got to and he goes I want to do one of your films. And then we were talking about stuff. And then it just so happens that Blood Vessel sort of came along, and I thought Nate would be perfect for it. And I did change the part to be Australian uh, to suit Nathan because I thought I want a, an Anzac and he, uh, he takes that stuff really seriously. I think it was his grandfather who was an Anzac and he took that really seriously into heart. And um, so when I was doing the project, Nathan, he just kept, became more and more involved. And I just said, you know, I think you should be a producer on this as well because he's just he was just bringing a lot to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in a sense that if we need to organise this, organise that, and he was bringing transport to the table and, you know, help bring uh, – there was a Kadaru wanted who'd actually retired, Keith Fish, and uh, he brought he brought Keith Fish out of retirement because to do one more film, one last film, because Keith is just the most amazing caterer in the film industry. Everyone knows him. <laughs> you always got to keep your crew. That's the one thing about making movies. If you if you got a good catering, you got a happy crew. You got a happy crew is well fed and good good food. So so Nathan brought a lot to the picture, and, and again, really invested himself in it. You know, he was there with me through all of the casting. Uh, so he was there when we were casting everybody and, you know, I was bouncing, yeah, I reckon he this guy, yeah, I reckon him. we were kind of like who we liked, who we didn't. And, and he was there through all the reads. So, so it was basically just, he was really more than just an actor invested in the project and only showing up when he needed to. He was there through every day, you know, mm. through pre and, and their shoot. And I just think he loved being a part of that as well. So it was just, it was a great, great, really working relationship. You know. He's terrific in this film. Uh, within the industry, you're probably best known for your special effects work on films like Star Wars and The Babadook and, uh, and one of my favourite films, Scare Campaign. Um, was directing always going to be the next step for you? Is, is that what you want to be doing going forward? No, directing was going to be the first step, but mm. I just chance to do the first step no the, the directing was always meant to be the main step it's just that in school i got told i should think of something a little bit more realistic so i kind of abandoned it quite for a long time because uh they just didn't understand it uh but like even when i worked on star wars in 99 i started there i think it was or 2000 it was one of those but i that's when i started writing scripts so i actually wrote one of the projects we're working on at the moment writing hood that was one of the first scripts i wrote back on star wars i wrote this script and um so I, you know, I always knew I wanted to kind of head down that road, but you know, you fall into a certain. Uh, not saying it was begrudgingly. I loved special effects. I loved doing, you know, everything to do with film. But um, what I loved is that I actually, obviously, 
got a bit of a name doing special effects, but then I also fell into, not fell into, I actually just kept grabbing different areas. I did, I did massive miniatures on, on Charlotte's web. And then we did, um, I was a production designer and art director on, on like things like, um, the bank job. And so, and I've done specialist costume stuff, creature stuff. We just, I've just done, I've done everything that can appear in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So that has given me, I think that really basically set up my time to direct because then when I was going to make a film at an ext- a budget that probably no one would ever even possibly dream of doing about uh, the sort of film I wanted to do with, with crawl space mm. and doing it in studio, I was able to pull out every single trick out of my hat, you know, a real bang for your buck. So that's kind of what I pride myself on that. We can, we can make something look a lot bigger than we actually have, than what we have. And, and quality wise is, you know, it does come down to certain things. You want to make sure the, the script is never perfect, but the script is as good as it can be. But at the same time, um, really casting is, is key. If you've got a good cast and um, that makes all the difference, huge difference, and especially if they're invested in the project, you know, they really want to come along for the ride. So it's it's kind of all of those things. I would have directed a lot earlier, but I'm kind of glad I didn't, I guess, uh, because I, I had, I've had a career doing everything in front of the camera and really loved what I've done in front of the camera, you know, and the, all the sort of stuff I've gotten to do. Um, it's basically, as I said, led me to kind of like being able to pull a lot more tricks out of my, uh, I feel like Felix the cat, you know, he pulls tricks out of his bag. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got a bag full of tricks. It's the kind of education that a young filmmaker would dream of having before they move into the uh, director's seat. Well, it's also because of the stories I like to write. The stories I like to write are pro- uh, predominantly are all genre. So, and obviously, they say write what you know. And um, I know special effects. I know how to make. You know, and you got to. It's the Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez mentality. You got to work with what you got as well. So, I kind of like figure. Well, I can kind of write anything because I can figure out how to do it. You know, like, I mean, even that ship in in uh, Blood Vessel. Obviously, we had the ship right next to my studio. It's like a block from my studio which is I wrote the script around it and I'd already checked to see if I could film on it. And they said, yeah, you know, and then, um, so that was good. But at the same time it was, it's tied to a port, right. You know, and, and there's city of Melbourne all around it. So it was, we had to shoot it creatively, but we basically, and I've still got it here, a, a massive 30, 30 foot miniature. We just built an exact replica of it. And, wow. uh, and we basically put it out in Williamstown Bay, shot it with drones and did it for close-ups and everything. So pretty much the 95% of the shots of the ship, Wide shots, high shots, overheads, even close-ups of POVs. It's all miniature, but you know nobody picks it. I mean, it's just and it's just because we had to creatively think about how we're going to do that, and um, we decided we'll just shoot that after we've done the movie. So. It, it looks terrific. You've really pulled it off here. Um, so tell our listeners uh, where and uh, how they can watch Blood Vessel in Australia. It's on DVD for sale. Um, assuming JB Sanity, those sort of things. And I'm writing this down. I think it's on Google Play. It's on Foxtel. Uh, iTunes and Fetch. I haven't heard of Fetch, but it's coming to other places later. I can't say which because we're still working on that, but yeah. it is coming to other places. And it's also coming to Blu-ray because we're just putting all the Blu-ray stuff together right now. Fantastic. So. Well, Justin, thank you very much for uh, joining us. We really appreciate your time. Not a problem. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.